It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of the Ag Ship, a newsletter covering Utah State football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, straight to your inbox for $6 a month uh, or $10 a month at the flagship tier, which gets you access to the monthly Q&A podcast as well as the uh, film review and the film preview series, which uh, should be picking up here soon with the film previews for basketball. Basketball, admittedly, I don't know as much about as I do football, and so previews are a little bit trickier. Um, but for big games, uh, we'll have I will have previews. I will have things of that nature, film previews. I, of course, have the regular written previews for both men's and women's basketball uh, that are not film-based but are just more standard what you would get out of a usual you know, preview, uh, and that is part of the $6 egg ship tier at $6 a month. Um, I believe it's 60 a year memory serves, I think something, something like that. One of those, um, but www.theeggship.com. If you are not yet subscribed, uh, I would appreciate it. If you are subscribed, thank you very much. Your support, uh, keeps the website going, allows me to do what I do and is, uh, yeah, much appreciated. Um, I don't know exactly where I'm going to start here. It has been, a minute. Uh, the holidays made it a little bit tricky to sit down and record a podcast, and I've just not—I've just not had a not had a moment to sit down and and do this for a while. Um, I really would like to be more consistent with this. I apologize that I'm not. Um, but there is there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of, of Utah State related stuff to talk about. I've got some games. I've got some some regular just results to talk about. I've got some off-field transfer stuff with the football team to talk about, uh, some big-picture stuff just in general. It's, we're going to do... These are, these are kind of a fireside chat of sorts. These are a place for me to iron out my thoughts a little bit and to, to sort of speak into the void what I think, what I know, what I think I know, uh, what I don't know, all that stuff, and, and to uh, just sort of... Just sort of just uh, talk through everything that's been going on. So since we last chatted here, a lot of stuff has happened. The football team has finished its season with a uh, stinker at the first responder bowl, 38-10, to lost to Memphis. The men's basketball team has played quite a few games. They won two of three at the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, losing to SMU but beating Seattle and Washington State. Since then, they have opened league play with a pair of wins over Fresno State and Air Force. I will be in attendance uh, courtside taking pictures in Boise, Idaho on Saturday for the Boise State game. Big game. Um, generally, as I have said before, when both teams, the men's and women's teams, are playing on the same day, I will give preference to the home team. And the, the women's team is home on Saturday. They are also playing against Boise State. Uh, at two, but I do have a, it's one, it's my website and I'm the one who's driving and doing all of this. And so I'm ultimately going to get the final say, but I do have sort of a, a clause for extenuating circumstances, um, meaning any number of things. And I think a, an extenuating circumstance is that the, you know, to be, to be completely blunt here, the women's team is three and 11 and 0 and three in conference play. And the men's team is 13 and two and two and zero, and, you know, on the precipice of being ranked if they keep winning games and, and this is a big game. You know, this is a really big game. This is a team that Utah state cares a lot about beating. This is a team that, that, uh, Utah state has not been able to beat at, you know, in its, in its house very consistently over the last couple of years. 
Boise State's really good at home in general, not just against Utah State, but against everybody. Boise State's really good at home. Road wins in this conference are very, very hard to come by and very important. This is a big game, and if I'm being honest, I think my time is probably better spent there than it would be against, you know, or, or than it would be at a at the at the the home game. Um, it's just, you know, I, I I'm recording this not too long after watching Utah State women's basketball team play Colorado State. Um, the final score of that game I've got on my little piece of paper right here. Let me see. 99 to 62 in favor of Colorado State. It's it's bad. Guys, it's bad. It's not good. They they're bad. They're not they're just I think it's about done. I think I've seen just about enough of this of this team, of this iteration of of Utah State women's basketball. It's it's not good. It's not getting better. It seems like it's kind of getting worse. Um I'll t- I'll talk about them in a little bit. I I don't know if I want to lead with that. Um, there's, there's more, there are more positive things to talk about to, to start the show. And probably the best place to do that is with the men's basketball team is with this trip to Boise state. I don't do podcast previews very often on here because there's just so many basketball games. It's kind of hard to preview all of them on here. Um, and I have not yet dived in fully to Boise state. I do that tomorrow as I record this on Thursday evening. Um, but this is a good team. You know what to expect with Boise State and this 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 program. It's uh, you know they, they they do a very good job. They've done a very good job for several years now. Uh, I believe tournament team last year, right under under Leon Rice. Um, they, they they win a lot of games. They're a hard team to beat. They're good again this year. They are not quite as good. I don't think this year as they were last year. They are not like considered to be a tournament team. And I would agree with that based on what I have seen from them. But it's a huge game. Huge, huge game would be a massive win for Utah State and a pretty devastating loss, honestly. I think that this is one that really could shift pretty hard in either direction, and, and, and you know, depending on the result. It's the FS1 building. It's a big game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. Um, as for the, the recent slate of games, I think that the Diamond Head Classic is probably too far away to talk about in depth. There, It is what it is. Uh, they beat Washington State. They did so pretty convincingly. The SMU loss was, I would imagine, pretty frustrating for Utah State, but ultimately I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about it beyond just, well, shoot better, and then that maybe won't happen to you. Don't turn the ball over so much. Um as for the two Mountain West games, the Fresno State game and the Air Force game, I've been pretty impressed. I think that, you know, maybe should have done a tiny bit more in, in these games. I think could have, you know, it's possible and understandable to come away from these games. I think if you're looking at this team a little bit, not necessarily disappointed, but a, a feeling like there was it was not quite as much as it could have been. It was not quite as good as it could have been. And it's not been fully... It's it's not been dominant, I don't think, at least not for not for 40 minutes. It does not look necessarily like the team that we have seen in other moments this season, like against San Francisco, against you know Bradley, Santa Clara. It's it's not quite been that. And Fresno State is is obviously a very very good defensive team, as evidenced by their win over um, over New Mexico a couple days ago. Uh, I think in the game after 
Utah State played and beat Air Force. Yeah, uh, 71-67 they beat New Mexico. It was the last unbeaten team in college basketball, and Fresno State beat them. That's, I think that's going to be a better team than their record says. That would be my that would be my guess. And Utah State was not, you know, seriously like challenged at the end of that game. They won by 13, but they did have a bigger lead earlier in the game, and then they did see that lead squandered. And that has been, and I wrote about this in the game notebook after the Air Force game, that has been something of a trend of late. Is is these big leads that then turn into small leads or even deficits, and you know, Utah State usually responds and, and, and pulls it out. Did that against Washington State. Fresno State, I think, led by like 14 or 15 in the first half and then was down by two pretty early on in the second half, like less than less than 10 minutes into the second half. I'm going off the dome here. I think that's right. Uh, the Air Force game led by 21 in the first half. It was down to 16 at halftime and then down to seven at a point in the second half and never went below seven, which you can say is a positive. I think that that is partially a positive. It's a road win in the Mountain West. I just said how important those are, and this is a, this is a scrappy Air Force team that can and will get hot, uh, especially from beyond the arc. But there is, you know... I do sense a little bit of frustration, not necessarily from within, at least not, they're pretty good about not posturing that way, I don't think that Ryan Odom is going to, uh, I don't think Ryan Odom is going to complain about wins very often, that's, that's not my, that's not my impression of Ryan Odom, I don't think that he's much for doing that, there will be things within these games that he doesn't like, but he doesn't seem like one to, to, you know, to not enjoy a win, I think, especially with with the circumstances for the, for this team, every win is important. Uh, when you're when you're trying to compete for an NCAA tournament bid, every single win matters. They're all important. They all, you know, you got to do them. You got to you got to have it, even if it's ugly. But I do think that there's some frustration within the fan base about the the whatever you want to call it, lack of killer instinct, maybe the inability to just sort of step on the gas and put a game away. Um, it's been there all year. This has been an issue for this team for a lot of the season where they will blow out to a big lead early on in the game. They'll be dominant. Looks like they're going to run away with it up by 20, up by, you know, upper teens, whatever, whatever number is. And then it just sort of dwindles. It goes back down. It goes into single digits and the game is a game again. And it feels like it's a little bit tricky sometimes for Utah State to get back into it, to get back going again, to get back into the swing of things after it has squandered a lead, after it has seen a, a, a major, you know, a, a major advantage drop to a very close game or even a deficit and Weber State game they lost. They've not lost any of those other games because of that, but it has been an issue. It has been a, a, a it's put a damper on some wins that I think otherwise would have been really, really big, impressive, you know, joyous, no complaints wins. Um, and and so that's that's troubling i think that's something to you know it's something to keep an eye on it's something to try and figure out i i posited on when was it that they played tuesday i posited on tuesday that eventually it is it is worrying the whole you know falling asleep when you have a big lead thing like how many times does it need to happen before you stop doing it before you stop falling asleep when you have a big lead this is a veteran team this is a very very veteran team I would guess one of the oldest teams in college basketball. They probably should be more professional about their leads than they are. Um, I think that it might come back to bite them against better teams than Air Force and Fresno State and Washington State as well. 
Um, I mean, it did against Weber State, and that's not an especially good team from what I have gathered. Uh, so I, 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 I think that that needs to be a focus. I think that finishing games, closing them out early, finish, you know, staying on a run, not letting a team creep back into the game, not coming into the second half slow, not being ready. It seemed almost at times like they weren't ready for there to be adjustments on the other side. Like they didn't think the other team was going to change what they were going to do. And that's a little bit worrying. I think that I would like to see a, a bit more, you know, adapting on the fly to new things that that opponents are doing defensively, especially. We've seen a lot of that where Utah State has been utterly unstoppable in the first half, and then defense makes a pretty basic change, and suddenly they're stoppable. And I'd like to see a little bit more thinking on on the feet for Utah State, um, a little bit more just focus in the second half. But again, it's hard to complain too much about wins. Um, I think the men's team's in a good place. I think that they remain a good team. Uh, the top top 25 at least in net. I don't know what they are right now for, for that. And they're playing in a very good league, so that's going to keep getting better if they keep winning games. Uh, Bartorvik, which is my sort of advanced stats website of choice, has them at 22nd. That's in the, the Barthag, which is the, the ranking that they have there. No idea what that means. I don't really know what some of the <laughs> some of these stats mean. I was saying in the in the game notebook as well that Stephen Ashworth is currently pretty well out in front of everybody else in the Bartorvik men, um, player of the year race uh, that he has for that that metric. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, I don't know what those numbers correspond with entirely, but I you know what I'm glad that they I'm glad that he has them. I'm glad that Bartorvik. <laughs> I'm glad that he has these stats, even if I don't know exactly what some of them mean. I know what most of them mean. Re, you know, three-point three point rate and rebound rate are not terribly hard to decipher. But um, regardless, Barthag has has Utah State up at 22nd. It's a good team. It's a good team. Very good team. I think chance to be a, a very, very, very good season at, at Utah State. And we're already... You know, almost halfway through it at this point. We might already be halfway through it. Yeah, halfway through the regular season. And I think that there's no reason to feel, what, anything but optimism, right? You can have a little bit of concern about some of the shooting issues that we've seen pop up at times and times where it would be really, really bad to have shooting issues. You could be concerned about the falling asleep at the start of the second half in some moments, about the squandering big leads, but... The, uh, the 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 fact of the matter is Utah State is 13 and 2, 2 and 0 in conference play and it's favored in all but two of its remaining games. And, you know, some of those are not it's not favored by much. It's 0. .02 against Boise State this weekend. Big game. Did I, say, did I say that already? Big game. Going to be a big one. Very excited about it. Very excited about it. I love conference season. Love in the Mountain West. Love watching this guy. Love watching these guys. Really, really good league. A lot more fun to watch than the Big Ten, if I'm going to be honest with you. I saw uh, tonight Ohio State lost to Purdue, and I was glad that I'm not covering that game. Um, even if I was instead covering a nearly 40-point loss for the women's basketball team to Colorado State. I know. I know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you're just going to have to bear with me. You're going to have to trust me that I do actually prefer this, because I do. Um yeah, it's, it's, I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, you know, Nevada game in a couple days, or next week, I guess, next Friday on the road is going to be tight, I would guess. Um, at San Diego State on the 25th is obviously the big one. 
and go to Fresno State in the next game after that. New Mexico at home is going to be great. I think at Colorado State should be fun, although I'm not convinced that Colorado State's very good this year. San Diego State at home. I mean, there's a lot of really good games here at San Jose State, Nevada at home, UNLV on the road, Boise State at home to end the season. There's a lot of really good basketball left on the schedule here. A lot of really exciting basketball left. I think that Utah State right now should be considered a tournament team. Now, I would certainly consider them that. My guess is that they will be a tournament team at this point. That's my expectation. Based on what I've seen from this team so far, I think it would take a collapse down the stretch not to do that. And that's not saying that that's impossible. They could lose their next 15 games and finish the season with a losing record. But I don't think they're going to. I think they're probably going to win more than they lose. And that they will probably feel pretty good going into March. And that's that's great. That's That's all you can really ask for. I think that there are plenty of reasons to be very excited about this team. I don't know if I have any wide sort of statements on them right now. I'm very excited to see the Boise State game. I'm really, really, really excited to see it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to win. I think Utah State's going to win. But I, I'm not. Don't don't use that as betting advice. That's not legal. That's that's not uh, <laughs> that's not financial advice. Just that's just my feeling. That's my vibe. Uh, do, do some vibes-based predictions on here. It's fine. This is a podcast. I don't have to be formal on here. Um, yeah, men's basketball, good. They're good. That's what I. That's 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 my thoughts on the men's basketball team. They're good. I think that they remain good. I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say about them. Football, thirty-eight to ten. It's bad. It was bad. It was bad in person. It's bad looking at it now. They were never really all that competitive. Third quarter, I thought they played pretty well and also didn't score a single point. Um, yeah, it was bad. They didn't look like they were prepared. They didn't look like they were especially invested in the game. Uh, there were players, I don't know if I should name them. I'll name the one who's leaving. It doesn't really matter. Justin McGriff was over on the on the sidelines with like three minutes left in the game. Offense is on the field talking to somebody in the stands. And, and he's got... You know he's got teammates, other other guys on the on the on the team telling him like, hey, the game's not over. Uh, this happened to somebody else too, but he's still on the team. I'm not going to out him. Um, his teammates corrected it. It's a problem they can handle with it. And it's not my business. Um, McGriff is gone, so it's not my. It's I don't I don't care about saying that. I don't think that he was especially valuable for Utah State this season. I don't imagine I'm telling tales out of school there. Um, but it just it just wasn't good. It was it was very much looked like a team that was ready to be done. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about the game. It was bad. Cooper Lega got hurt. I am. I will say this. Okay, there's something I can talk about within the game. Cooper Lega got hurt, and Bishop Davenport went into the game, and then later in the game, Levi Williams went in at the end of the game. That is interesting to me. That has my attention because, and then after the game. Even more, Blake Anderson really playing up the 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 trying to get my attention, trying to <laughs> trying to get trying to get me invested here, trying to get my interest. Um, really played up that it's going to be an open quarterback competition in the spring. That he expects Cooper will be okay. That he expects he will not need surgery, and that he will be ready to compete in the spring. And I think the exact quote was that he'll take the first snap with the ones, and then let's go. Yes, yes, yes. I absolutely. Yeah. There's no. There, I don't know where to start with this. The, the adoration of, the appreciation of Cooper Lega among Utah State fans is absolutely merited. Absolutely merited. He's, he's a great kid. He's a great leader. He's, he objectively, obviously made this football team this season better. He wins games. He does. His legs are valuable. 
he's a he's a good player. He's a good guy to have. Good guy to have on your team. I think if you need a quarterback, then he's a good guy to turn to. And Utah State needed a, needed a quarterback this year. And what he did off the bench was extremely admirable. Extremely admirable. I think he deserves all the props in the world. I think Bishop Davenport's probably a better quarterback. Is that true right now? Maybe. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible to say that Bishop Davenport is already a better quarterback, like throwing the ball. Um, he's just he's better. He's a better quarterback. He's a he's a better quarterback. He's more talented. He is. I don't. I don't think that this is. I don't think I need to be saying this in, in hushed tones. You guys watch them play. You can see how the arm, how the ball comes out of Bishop Davenport's arm or hand, and how it comes out of Cooper's hand. It's different. It's different. It's it's different. You can win with Cooper. I think Bishop is probably better. I think that he's probably going to be better in the spring. It is my opinion that Bishop Davenport is probably going to be your starting quarterback next season. I don't know if that's controversial yet. I don't. I don't have a feel for it. Not a, not a lot of spring football talk right now <laughs> around Utah State circles. There's other stuff going on, but I am of the opinion. This is not reporting. This is not me saying this as like an informed. Oh well, people within the pro. No, I from watching a lot of football in my life. I think Bishop Davenport is probably going to be better in the spring than Cooper Legai is, and I think that he's probably going to be given every opportunity to prove that because of how talented he is and how rare it is to have a... a he, he also, of course, he redshirted. He's still a redshirt here. He's going to be a redshirt freshman next year, but he got three or four games. I think it was three games, right? It was Colorado State, Wyoming were the two that he that he played he he started Wyoming played most of Colorado State and then played a decent chunk of the bowl game so that would be three games so he's still redshirted but he has a lot of experience for a redshirt freshman quarterback a lot way more than you'd ever want (laughs) unless you have like Trevor Lawrence which Utah State probably isn't going to have Trevor Lawrence anytime soon I don't I don't those guys don't usually come to Utah State it'd be great I think Utah State would love to have Trevor Lawrence but I don't imagine that he's walking through that door. And so to have a guy who who is as talented and as young as Bishop Davenport with the experience now that he has, Blake Anderson knows quarterbacks, man, and I don't think he's going to pass up that opportunity. Unless, unless Cooper Legault blows him out of the water in the spring, I think Bishop is going to be the starter next year. I think Utah State is not going to pass up on the opportunity to have what could be a four-year starting quarterback and a very very talented one at that very talented he's a good player he's going to be a really really good player in this offense i've i've seen enough from bishop to know that he's going to be a really good player in this offense i i i'm confident in his ability i think he is a i think he's a gamer i think that he is going to be a really really big piece of of utah state's future um, I'm excited about the potential of Bishop Davenport. I, I, I think that he is um, one of the more fascinating pieces of this team to watch moving forward. Um, excited to see what he can do. Elsewhere from this game, not a ton else. Good to see Calvin Tyler Jr. get up over 2,000 yards for his career. He had a great little career at Utah State. Really good way to end his college his college career and Wish nothing but the best for him and all of the other uh, departing seniors. Um, small class, but an important class, a really important class at Utah State. Um, and I'm beating around the beating around the bush here. I'm not. I'm not addressing the the sort of 
the crux of this of this last couple of weeks at Utah State. I probably should just do it. Um, okay, so who all is it? Let me let me pull up the transfer portal. Uh, <laughs> the fake one, the one of the ones that that the recruiting sites do. Um, okay, so Utah State has had some guys enter the transfer portal. I don't think that I'm breaking any news here. I think you guys are all probably pretty well aware that Utah State has had some players enter the transfer portal and some big ones, some really big ones. I'm going to tell you what I know without without trying to, I don't want to step on any toes without doing too much, okay? I'm going to tell you what I know. I'm not going to try, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to try and cut off wherever I can because there are there are things that I think I know that I'm not fully, I'm not sure enough yet that I can say it overtly and I'm trying to I, I cut back on that a little bit because I was saying I think too much probably uh than than more than I was comfortable with saying so the four big names the four guys who have hit the transfer portal since the bowl game um Daniel Greshik, Byron Vaughns, Tavian Coleman and Waylon Lapuajo. Waylon immediately is off to to BYU I don't think that that's a huge surprise I don't think that that is that he left was a surprise to me I didn't think he was going to enter the transfer portal but I don't think that he that that his going to BYU is is surprising I don't think it's that hard to explain I think that you all can uh, you 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 I, I think you get it with this, right? It's it's frustrating to lose this to lose a freshman starter on the offensive line. Going to be a really really good player, guy who grew up a Utah State fan. Um, it's frustrating to lose that kind of guy, but BYU is going to be in the Big Twelve, and Utah State isn't. And you can cite NIL, you can cite whatever you want. At the end of the day. Utah State's a Mountain West program, and BYU's a Big 12 program. And I think that that was probably more than anything else the deciding factor here. He knows people at BYU. He has connections at BYU. It, it's I don't know if it goes deeper than that. I don't know if there's some evil, you know, boogeyman that's that's just just you know throwing throwing hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars at Utah State's players and saying we need you to transfer somewhere else if i'm going to be honest with you guys which i try to do here on this podcast i think that the NIL stuff that people have been talking about with some of these transfers is not even some i think all of it is silly i think it's overblown i think it's made up if i'm going to be again 100% honest. You might disagree with me. I I keep hearing about all these deals. I don't ever see them. I don't ever see them. They're never actual. They're never actually made. There are guys signing NIL deals. There are guys getting big contracts. There are there are the you know what Caleb Williams has, I'm sure big deals. I think I've seen Bryce Young and CJ Stroud with like the pre-workout uh sponsorship couple other guys there were the guys on the they, they've got players on commercials sometimes right but i i don't think that they're doing that for offensive linemen i just don't i don't think they're doing it for offensive linemen at least not to the extent that people seem to think that they are um it's just not it's just not that it's not that it's not it's not some world ending thing it's easy it's a very easy answer it's an extremely easy answer to say oh well 
this is because NIL. This is because Utah State is not. I don't think losing a lot of guys because of NIL. Who who's going to give them that money? Who's going to who has who has a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand or whatever to throw at a freshman offensive lineman who has like a, a fifty PFF rating? I don't know. I don't know that there's. I don't know that there's that money out there. I I I just don't. I don't think that I don't think it's real. I think that it, it at larger, very large situations, places like USC with Jordan Addison or Caleb Williams or situations like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But at this level, I think it's probably more relationships. I think it's probably more fit, playing time in some cases, fit with coaches in some cases, fit within a scheme. Wanting to play for you know in a in a bigger stage, uh, draft stuff. Wanting to be developed in a different way. I think it's the same kind of thing that would cause transfers twenty five years ago. There are more of them because it's easier to transfer, but I don't think that it's really. I there's just I just don't think that there's that much money being thrown around at these guys. I think that the top end are getting probably a pretty big chunk of money. And below that, I mean, you know, I, I hate to cite my Ohio State experience again, but you're not going to find a school with a more committed fan base financially than Ohio State. You're not. And I'm going to tell you guys what they've spent the last month complaining about over there, because I still have friends who cover the team. I still have people who are fans of the team in my life. They've spent the last month complaining about NIL. They've said that that's why they didn't land a top one recruiting class because of NIL. That's why players have transferred out NIL. That's why trans. That's why players have landed elsewhere NIL. If that if it's a thing there, it's probably like if if it's if Ohio State can't do it, I don't know that anybody would. I don't know that anybody can, to the extent that it's being talked about, right? Of of going and just nabbing whoever you want, assembling an all star roster. TCU's in the championship game. It seems like it's it, it, they don't have an all-star roster. They still got to the championship game. It seems like there aren't a lot of all-star rosters being built out there. You know, I, I just, I don't know if there's the investment in this that people seem to think that there is. I, it's, it seems like it's still kind of, niche is not the right word, but it's still kind of reserved for the top of the top of the top. And there are smaller sort of ancillary deals being made. There are smaller things being done, but ultimately, man, it's a big decision for these guys, and they're not dumb. They're not dumb. College football players are not dumb. They know what they're doing. They don't, they're not going to go somewhere that's bad for them just because they were given a bag. They're, they're, they're not going to abandon relationships just because they were given a bag. It's not the only reason in those circumstances, and it's certainly not going to be the only reason in these, in these circumstances. It's just not. It's just not. I'm sorry. I know that it's a very easy answer. I know that it's the 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 thing that can be foisted off on 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 you know on no one. It's no one's fault. It's just the lack of nil. It's that. It's that. It's the fault of that. And I think that Utah State would do well to have something resembling nil stuff. I I said online a couple days ago. I think that a, a collective of sorts of local businesses would be a really good idea just to have all of the local businesses in Cash Valley that would be interested in doing these kind of deals with players in one organized group that can communicate freely and easily with players who are interested in deals so that they don't have to, you know, 
uh, local businesses don't have to do this. They don't have to reach out individually to Stephen Ashworth to see if he wants an NIL deal. That's horrible. That's a horrible thing to have to do. I mean, I, it's, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, it's, if, I, if I was running a local business, I would not even know where to start. Where do you start? Do you just send a guy a DM? That can't be right. It's you, like you, it seems like it's 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 a the 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 barrier to entry being lower. I think is going to be the focus for Utah State and should be the focus for Utah State more than some sort of collective, more than dark money, whatever you want to call it. You know, Tennessee or, or Florida or whatever, whoever the example is, Miami. I don't think that that's going to play at Utah State for obvious reasons, um, but I, I think that Utah State probably could and will be doing more with this. But ultimately, I don't think these transfers are a result of that. Is it a factor in some cases? Yeah, probably. It's probably a small factor. It probably plays a part. These guys are college kids. It's nice to have money. It's nice to have money. I don't. I don't blame someone for wanting to have money, but it's not the sole reason. Um, I don't think it's the sole reason for Waylon. I don't think it's even a, a, a top. I don't think it's even one of the top ten reasons for 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 Waylon. I and on these other ones. So the other ones here that I've that I've yet to really address in full. All on the defensive line. Two of them starters. One of them sort of a borderline starter. I'm not. I'm not sure that this is going to be... I'm not sure this is done on the defensive line. I'm just choosing my words carefully here. I don't think this is done on the defensive line. I would expect that there will be more um, than just the three. Granted, full disclosure, granted, okay? That was also my thinking a week ago, or whenever it was that this happened, 29th and 30th, so yeah, about a week ago. And things can change very quickly in a week. I have not had anything that has come to me. I have not found anything. I have not heard anything that has given me a reason to change my opinion. But I've also not heard anything that, that would give me a reason to support that. It's I'm working off of week-old information here, okay? As of a week ago, I think there's probably going to be more defensive linemen transferring out. As of today... I think Utah State has probably done a lot of triaging on the back end. I think that Utah State has, has it is very possible that Utah State has managed to, you know, uh, to, to, to cut down on, on potential departures, to solve potential issues within the program. I, I, I think that's entirely possible. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what I know of a week ago is that I would expect more defensive linemen to transfer out. What I know of... January 5th at 10.39 p.m. is, I don't know, a lot can happen in a week. A lot can happen in a week. None of these guys have found a new school yet. That's not me indicating anything. I'm just saying. A lot of things can change. It's not, nothing is done. Nothing is settled. Nothing is ever settled until you sign on the paper. And so the possibility of there being more transfers on the defensive line is very much just a possibility at this point. What I know of a week ago is that there would be more. What I know of right now is there might be. I don't know. I've not seen more. I expected there to be more last week. I'm surprised that there wasn't. As for what you can attribute this to, this is where I'm really going to be careful. Um, They're all from the same position room, read between the lines. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Read between the lines. Okay, so I think that's all I have on football right now. I think football's okay. I think football's fine. Ike Larson announced that he's coming back. 
um, which was big news. I don't think that, that was, if I'm going to be honest, I was not surprised by that. I was, I was, I was privy ahead of time to the fact that I, I that Ike Larson was expected to return. Um, and I think that the, the kind of playing coy, the, you know, uh, will he, won't he stuff was sort of, um, Ike Larson is 19 and I think he's, I think he's 19. He's young. He's young. He's a very young man. And I think it's fun to be the center of attention when you're that young. If I'm going to be honest, I don't know if it's anything else. I think it's fun to be the center of attention. Um, I do not say this at all to disparage the young man. I love Ike Larson. I think Ike Larson is wonderful. I, I, I have, I have nothing but positive things to say about Ike Larson. Um, I think he's a fantastic representative of, 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 uh, of, you know, the program. Uh, I, I think that Utah State is very good to have him back and, and will benefit from that greatly. I think he probably was just having fun being, <laughs> being a kid. He's a kid. He's a young guy. It happens. And uh, regardless, getting him back is good news for Utah State. I don't think I have anything else on football right now. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll check back in a week or 10 days or whenever I'm back on here. All right. Let's close... Let's close strong with women's basketball. Let's do it. Let's talk about women's basketball. I'm, I've, I've jumped on here. I've been on here all season, two months now, whatever it is, being very positive about you know. Oh well, let's let's you know let's give them a chance. Let's see. Let's see what it looks like after they've had some time to gel. I'm sure I'll regret this. I'm sure that they'll rattle off a whole bunch of wins in a row, and I guess I wouldn't really regret that. It would give me something to talk about that's not just a loss. But um, guys, I've seen enough here. I've seen enough. I said it earlier. I've, uh, I, I get it. I get it. I've seen enough. In the last four games, they've lost by 30, 14, 34, and 37. Tonight, against Colorado State, they gave up 29 points to Destiny Thurman, 17 to McKenna Hofschild, who is excellent. Very good player, and also six assists. 12 to Caitlin Caitlin Crocker, 11 to Megan Boyd, and 99 overall points to Colorado State on almost 60% shooting, 13 of 25 from three. Utah State shot 34.5%. I've seen enough. I get it. I get it. I I expected um, better. I thought they were going to be better this year. I did. I, I, I did, obviously. I thought that it was going to work better than it has. I thought that the talent was going to be such that they could win some games, that they could make some noise, that they, if they gelled, could be pretty successful. I don't know that it's an issue of gelling at this point. I think they're just not very good, if I'm going to be honest. And it, it, it's, it's, it stinks, because I like this team. I like these players. I feel bad saying this. I like Kayla Ard. I, 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 think she's, I think she's nice. I've liked talking to her. I think that she, in the right circumstances, could absolutely be successful. But they've lost three, three of their last four by more than 30 points. And they can't shoot. And they can't play defense. And they can't really rebound or do anything at all, basically. Like, anything at all. Um, pretty much not good at anything. They, they, I mean, like, really not, really not anything, even a little bit. They're like kind of okay at shooting threes, but not really. It's bad. It's bad, and I think I've probably seen enough. I don't think it's going to get better. I, I, I think this probably, I think this season's probably just about 
just about done. I think this season's probably just about in the books. Um, they're trying some things out. They've got some interesting young players who I think could be valuable in the future. Natalie Fraley, um, I think could be could be a, a valuable piece for them. She has looked pretty good in 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 pieces. Um, I think Primacella still has eligibility after this. I probably could just pull up the roster. That would be a better way to do this than reading off the the stats and trying to remember. Um, no, Primacella is a is a graduate, so never mind. Um, but Tamaya Robinson does have eligibility left. She's a junior. Isabella Tenedo does. Uh, Kinley Falslev Wickeser does. Christina Oliva is really struggling right now, but she still has eligibility. Uh, Olivia Wickstrom, Lillian Harris, uh, Tiaria Hill-Brown, Natalie Fraley. These players have eligibility left. They, they, they still could, they can, you know, they've got time to grow beyond this season. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been really rough. It's been really rough this year, and I think that the rest of this season is probably just about seeing what you have with those young players, um, because that's just they're not going to win a whole lot of games. They just don't do anything well enough to win a whole lot of games. The Mountain West is not very good, but it's this is bad. This is really bad. I mean, they might beat San Jose State. We'll see, but it's not been good. It's not been good. It's not getting better. It's actually seemingly getting worse. Um, I don't have a lot of reasons for optimism about it right now with with this team. Uh, the big qu- the big picture question is the one that I have been sort of I have been cautioning against, and the one that I have not been purposefully not been addressing super frequently, just because I don't I don't love doing this. I don't love being the the you know coach on the hot seat guy. Um, these are people. These are people with with lives and families and and you know people who depend on them who don't want to have to move who don't want to have to turn their lives over and i get that they're paid a a good chunk of money and it's part of the gig but you know it's it 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 stinks it's a it's a very tough part of college athletics and athletics in general is that somebody has to lose somebody has to lose these games and Sometimes you lose enough and you you don't you don't get the chance to do it anymore. You don't get the chance to try and build anymore and it's a question that I have gotten throughout the season. It's a question that I think I'm probably going to get more throughout the season. I don't blame people for asking it and I I'm I'm it it has become apparent enough that I'm going to address it on here as well. Kayla R's job is probably not safe at this point. I don't think that Kayla R's job should be safe at this point. This team is bad. This is year 3. They reset the roster completely, lost almost the entirety of last season's roster. Last year's team was not good either, but they were better than this. Um, And a lot of players who I think were talented enough to play at Utah State left to go to other schools. Not better schools, just other schools. And that in itself is is troubling, I think, for a lot of people is, is troubling. Um... And the roster that, that 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 came in to replace that group has not produced anything. It's produced three wins, two of them against Division One teams. It's been bad, and I think that year three. Now this is not men's basketball. This is not football. This is not a as as um you know the 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 seat does not heat up quite as quickly for women's basketball, but. It's a lot that's starting to mount here. There, there's a there's a lot that's starting to mount. There's a lot that's starting to work against Utah State and against this tenure. Where a year three reset is rare for a reason. 
a staff reset, a roster reset. It's rare for a reason. And I, I could see, I could see a world where a, a fourth season is justified by the year three reset by, you know, we wanted to turn over the program, get new coaches. And now we need a second year with these coaches. We need to see what they can do, what some of these players who are back can do, what some of these young freshmen can do, what another transfer class in, what another recruiting class in all of that. I, I think that would be, I would understand it. Would I agree with it? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't have an opinion on it. I'm going to keep myself distant from that for a while until the, at least probably the end of the season. Um, I don't know yet, but I, I could see that, especially because right now Utah State has an interim AD and no president. Um, that's going to need to be addressed before anybody is hired, before anybody is fired, before anything happens. Jerry Bovey can schedule games and and have, you know... Uh, you know, honor players, do jersey retirements and things like that. I do not think he's going to fire coaches right now. I just don't think he's going to be doing that. They don't usually have an interim AD do that. I think Utah State is going to want to have its power structure in place before it does anything, anything at all. I mean, anything, anything meaningful. Just let's keep everything quiet. Let's keep everything settled until until everything is all figured out on the back end, Right. That would be my guess at what the plan is here for right now. And so I think it's probably just going to be stay tuned. I think it's probably going to be just keep an eye on it, monitoring the situation. We are aware of what's going on with the women's basketball program. I know it's bad. I know it's not. I know it's not good. Um, I just don't think Utah State's in a position to make a move right now. I don't know that it should make a move right now. I personally would not fire a coach in the middle of the season, really under any circumstances outside of like breaking the law or you know, team just obviously openly, very blatantly quitting on, on a coach, which I don't think is the case with this team. They're still trying. They're still playing hard. They, they absolutely are still playing hard. Um, and, and so I would, I would, I would not expect that. Uh, I would not advise that, but uh, nothing's going to happen. I don't think until there's a full-time AD, whether it's Jerry or whether it's somebody else, and there's a full-time president in place, nothing's going to happen. That, that it is, I'm confident in that. And if that's not the case, I would be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked. That would be basically unprecedented. Uh, I'm sure it's happened, but you don't want it to. You don't want to go into a coaching search with an interim AD. That's not good for anybody. <laughs> that, makes hard, that makes hiring for the AD spot a whole lot harder if you're not just going to promote the guy who's already there, which is still my expectation at this point. I still think that, that Bovi probably gets the job. I think that he probably is going to be the full-time AD. Um, and, and don't think that he's not aware of what's going on at the women's basketball games. He's at every single game. I see him every game. He is always there. Um, he knows, he knows. And I think that that could absolutely be a very good for a very good way to break in a new AD. I'll say that. I think that would make a lot of sense if you're trying to break in a new AD and you want to start him off with a, a, a lower stakes opportunity to, to prove himself in, in operating within a coaching search. I think it would make a lot of sense. Not, not saying, just saying, just that it would make sense if you wanted to do that. If somebody was going to do that, I think it would make sense. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know who the AD is going to be. I think it's going to be Jerry, but I don't know. <sighs> But until that happens, I don't think anything's going to happen with the the power structure of Utah State women's basketball. I think it's just going to be bad this year. And 
I think Ard might very well be given another year. I, mean, I think she might be given a fourth year. I don't think she'd be given a fifth if the fourth year is not significantly better. I don't imagine that's very, that's, you know, going out on a limb, but there's not a ton of motivated money beyond, behind moving on from her right now. Maybe there would be by March. I, based on the number of people in the stands, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I think probably it's another stay tuned here, unfortunately. I know I want to give you more than I, I, w- I want to give you more than that, but it's January. It's a time for stay tuned uh, in, in pretty much everything. Um, Utah State's aware. They are not going to accept this kind of, this kind of performance from the women's basketball program for very long, but also they're not going to fire a coach in the middle of the season with an interim AD and no president. They're just not going to. They shouldn't. They're not going to. Keep an eye on it. Do I think it's time? No. No, I don't think you do it now. I think you at least wait until the end of the season at that point. Like I said, I don't have an opinion yet. I don't know. You don't do it right now, though. And so I think you just got to kind of take your lumps. See what you have with some of the younger players. That's what they're doing. They are... Um, I would say experimenting as much as, as really as possibly you, you possibly can, uh, <laughs> with this team, just listen to these minutes, 27 for Prima Chellis. She was really good. Five of eight, four rebounds, 15 points, six fouls drawn, man, she was good. Minus 30 though. I don't even know how that's possible. Um, Shea Klopfenstein, 23.57 to Maya Robinson, 19.42. Kinley Foslev, Wickeser, 16 minutes. Natalie Fraley, almost 19. Maria Carvalho, 29. Mason Kimball, 25. Chris Oliva, 18. Olivia Wickstrom, 18. And Abby Wall, 4. Olivia Mason and Isabella Tenedo were on the bench with something. They were out. They weren't playing. They were in sweatpants. Um, but they're trying some stuff. They're experimenting. They're they're looking to see what they have with some of the younger players. I would guess that that's what the rest of the season is for. I understand that's not the most satisfying answer in the world. Um, this is, uh, you know, the sports world is nothing if not bloodthirsty, and that's not the answer that states that, but ultimately that's the answer that it is. That's the truth of the matter. I don't think that she's going to be fired midseason, nor, that I, nor do I think that she should be. The circumstances are not right for that. Um, unless something disastrous happens, I think Kayla Ard will finish out the season, and then we will uh, we'll see. I will we will we will keep an eye on what goes on there. I will of course be on here, so I was on the written format to talk about that. But uh, for this episode, uh, I think that's it for me. Apologies for the downer on the back end here. I think that things are not bad at Utah State right now. I think things are generally good. Men's basketball team is really good. Excited about that game. We're going to end on a high note. Men's basketball team, really good. I'm sure they'll prove me wrong on Saturday for I say, for saying that. But men's basketball team, they're good. 